As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Oh my God. Babe, there's so many bikes. What is it? Bike City? Oh my God. Wait, babe, look over here. Look over here. What is it? Umbrella City? Why, why would that be funny? Yo, babe, what is this? Puddle City? <laughs> oh my god, babe, look at this one. What is that? Sunglass City? It's really like, it's not funny at all. Babe, what is this? Bag City? Babe, what is it? Snow City? Babe, babe, look over there. What? What is that? Car City? Oh my god. When I tell you something's not funny, like, please trust me, it's not funny. What is it? Not Funny City? Brandon! Good morning! Sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. I'm Jay Eskeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him is the beard one, Matapsha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team. Hit the like button and subscribe. Got some housekeeping for you guys. Real quick here. On Monday... January 29th, that's this coming Monday, we're going to do a No Dunks takeover of the College Park Skyhawks broadcast as the Atlanta G League team takes on the Ontario Clippers at 7 p.m. So if you live in the area, come on out and watch your boys try and get through a broadcast Mm -hmm. and not break anything. (laughs) But if you can't make the game, you can, first off, you can catch it on uh, Peachtree TV or cpskyhawks.com. And here's the real fun. We would love for you to consider donating to send a kid to a future College Park Skyhawks game. There is a link in the show notes. It's right there. For every $20 you donate, you are sending two kids to a future G League game. Get that experience of being in a small arena, seeing competitive basketball. It's a lot of fun. You guys have taken your kids. Uh, I've gone with my uh, youth basketball team. So, yeah, if you can donate, $20 sends two kids in the future to a game. But I can't wait to do the broadcast. We've only done one before. Yeah, maybe. And it was a summer league game, and we had a blast. Uh, but we will be on the call and doing the sideline reporting and all of that. Uh, it's going to be fun and hilarious. And look, if there's some No Dunks fans uh, in arena at the Gateway Center, would be pretty fun. Oh, Just saying. Fun yeah. city. The odds of you getting on television, pretty high. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, say hi if you are uh, in the arena that night. Again, that's uh, Monday the 29th at 7 p.m., and... Uh, that link is in the uh, show notes if you want to help donate and send kids to a game. Uh, and also, live show, Indianapolis, All-Star Weekend. 
We are finalizing the details. I've said that three times now. <laughs> but it's going to be on Friday night, the No Dunks live show, uh, which is February 16th at a place called The White Rabbit, which I believe turns into like a burlesque place later. Oh. So yeah, Fantastic. wear your pasties. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll have like, you know, links to get tickets for that. It's a pretty small venue, so I think these are going to go pretty quickly. But if you're in the indie area, come on out or at least put that on the calendar Friday night. All right, you pump full for that of fun, time? full yeah. of fun. We're gonna be. I hope we see rabbits. I assume we're gonna be, be doing an up down report, you know, indie themed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're probably taking uh, suggestions for that right now. So if you've got some good ones, corn. Are you up or down on corn? <laughs> I'm, I'm big time up on corn. Super up on I corn. I love corn. Corn yeah. with a C or corn with a K? Ooh. There's lots of types of corn. Oh, freak on a leash. Banger. <laughs> Maybe we should come out to that. <laughs> oh. Okay. No, we, have, we have a song to come out to, remember? Come, baby, come, baby, baby, come, come. <laughs> corn, baby, corn, baby, baby, corn, corn. <laughs> we'll do the remix. Okay, so that's the housekeeping. Uh, let's get into games from last night and uh, and obviously NBA news because yesterday, bit of a bombshell, the Milwaukee Bucks fired Adrian Griffin parting with the first-year coach just 43 games into the season. The team is second in the Eastern Conference. Now, right now, longtime NBA coach Doc Rivers, who we learned began serving as an informal consultant to Adrian Griffin last month. Doc is the serious leader, I guess, for the position. CNN Sports was reporting last (laughs) night that Doc Rivers had the job. Uh, but I don't think it's official official, but right now Adrian Griffin is out, so Joe Prunty is going to serve as the interim head coach because that's just what Joe does, baby. This will be his third time as an interim head coach. But let, let's talk about, obviously, the Bucks' decision here, 43 games into the season, to move away from Adrian Griffin and possibly go with Doc Rivers. We'll see. What do you think? Listen, the Bucks are relentless. They're cutthroat. They want to win now, now, now. We've seen it with their last two coaching moves. It's been fairly recent. They want to move to winning now. And yeah, there's lots of coach little incidents, little stories. The Doc Rivers being a consultant meeting with Adrian Griffin when they're in Las Vegas just to tell him what to do, essentially. And that was after an assistant coach, Terry Stotts, left in the preseason. Yeah. The preseason assistant coach said, Nah, I'm out of here. I think what it comes down to, though, is Giannis Antetokounmpo specifically not being all that happy with the defense, really. We saw it earlier in January when they lost to the Rockets. Giannis, after the game, was basically saying, what are we doing? Was that what the, are we doing? The seven-minute like rant about yeah, the defense? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying to figure, he was trying to figure out, what's our defensive plan? We should be trying something else. This past weekend, he was drawing plays. He had the clipboard, and he was drawing plays. So I think what it comes down to is Yanis being upset with them losing. They, we saw them lose by 40 to the Cavs. Defensively, they've just been bad. Offensively, they've been good. So people, people wondering if Damian Lillard is upset about not shooting enough. They've been fantastic. But they're 21st in defense, and I think it all just boiled down to January, where they are 28th. In defense. Horrendous, really. Maybe Adrian Griffin didn't want to sit Malik Beasley. Something just boiled over with Yanis Antetokounmpo, who got the man hired, uh, but also probably got the man fired in all honesty. I'm sure he has final say when it comes to a matter like this in Giannis. You would think, or has a hell of a say in the matter. Yeah, like you said, he probably got him hired in the first place, and now he's gone. What do you think about this? 
I'm not surprised that it happened, right? Because the Bucks have been good, but not great. And it feels like they've kind of been winning because they've got Dame Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. The talent is there that they're going to be able to beat some of these bad teams, but they've been squeaking by so many. The surprise, obviously, is that it happened so quickly and that Doc Rivers has been going totally little finger mode here. That's wild <laughs> stuff. Um, but yeah. The defense is the major concern here, dropping from a team that's been in the top five consistently in the Budenholzer era to now in the bottom 10 of the league and getting worse as the season goes on. The Giannis press conference where he's like, we need to take away something was really telling, right? Because yeah, yeah. that was the thing with Budenholzer. It's like, you're not getting layups. You're not going to score at the rim because we got two seven-footers waiting there for you. He said, we are taking away nothing. You can get straight-line drives. You can get baskets at the rim. You can get threes. You can get basically everything. The Bucks just didn't have an identity. So they decided to pull the plug uh, really, really quickly because time is of the essence, you know? Even though Giannis Antetokounmpo signed an extension – you still got to win to keep them yeah. around, and they're feeling the pressure, obviously. Yeah, and he said that in the offseason. I need to win. I need to win now. I need to win now. And we were all speculating. Is he going to sign? He signs. Um, but every single game, every single season, it matters a lot to Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think that is clear. Yeah, I, I get the whole thing about – I think Griffin came in. He's like, we're going to change the defense completely, even though it was obviously a top-five defense under Budenholzer. Like, they sort of – he tried to go like, hey, we're going with the old Raptor strategy. We're trapping everything. We got guys running around. They're like, hold on, we got Brooke Lopez and Giannis. You know, it was working sort of in that drop coverage. The difference, though, to come to the defense a little bit uh, of Adrian Griffin, ironic, uh, is that the guards there on this team are now Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley. Yeah. There's not a lot of defensive force from those two guys. I mean, it's a lot different than when you remove Drew Holiday, who's maybe one of the best perimeter defenders. Uh, they could be better. They should be better, and that's why they got to this firing here. But, why do you know, it is the personnel a little bit. Yeah, but why do they keep starting Malik Beasley? Yeah, they don't need yeah. to. It's happened with his last two teams, with the Lakers and with Utah. Yanked right out of the starting lineup. Right, right. You got Jay Crowder there at least to He's try been hurt for something a long different. Time, though. He has been. Yeah, Connaughton he... has really fallen off. Yep. Like, yeah. there's not a lot of great options right now for the Bucks, and there's not a lot of ways for them to improve. Beasley is shooting it well, and they're good yeah. on offense. So clearly, <laughs> Griffin was thinking we got to go all offense because they couldn't sell out anybody defensively. They lost Grayson Allen, who's a better defender than Malik Beasley. Javon Carter hasn't really done much for the Bulls, but he's a better defender than Malik Beasley is as well. Connaughton would be, but he's had a really down season, so there wasn't a ton of options. <sighs> and it didn't work. So, yeah. I don't know. It's like, the, the personnel isn't great, but the schemes weren't helping either. No, and they were getting shredded in transition. Um, they allowed the highest frequency of transition opportunities for any team in the league. A part of that is the game plan from the coach. That's that's Griffin regularly sending a guard, a wing, crash the boards, crash the boards. If you don't get the rebound, you're at a disadvantage. You're in trouble because obviously they have the numbers and that was a glaring issue. All of this stuff sort of seemed to pile up, right? You're saying tasks like Giannis getting frustrated. You had Bobby Portis early in the year, you know, sort of calling out uh, Griffin's sort of game plan as well. You had the Terry Stotts thing. That was very strange. That was a huge red flag at the time, right? Terry Stotts is there. Suddenly he's not because they had one, like, real argument. And mm-hmm. there was a butting of heads. And then he's like, ah, okay, I guess I'm out of here. That's not a great start. But, uh, yeah, for this guy in his first 43 games as a head coach with a good record, a very good record in the Eastern Conference and in the NBA, um, after taking so long as an assistant, Adrian Griffin, to finally get that head coaching job to be canned, man, that's, that's rough. Like, you don't even know if this guy will ever get an NBA head coaching job again. Because he had 14 interviews and never got it. Giannis finally goes to bat for him. He didn't want Nurse. 
and now he's still out here halfway through the season, basically. That's rough. That's tough. I feel sort of bad for him, but maybe he's just not cut out to be a head coach or maybe needed more reps on lower levels. I don't know. There were incidents right from the get-go. We said the Terry Stotts thing when they were 5-4. and four, There was even chatter about him leaving. There seems to be a divide in that well, let's just drop our guys and not have to scramble up top when uh, Malik Bleasley or Damian Lillard isn't guarding up top. Just redraw it. And that's what I think Giannis did with that clipboard. He was literally drawing up plays. It was probably offense, but really when it comes down to it, they're talking over the last few years. Uh, we were pretty good for most of those years. There are some years where they dropped out of the top 10 a little bit with, with Bood and Holzer, but last year they're damn good. And so I think Giannis is just saying, Let's move back. And basically, everybody's saying, oh, this is like the David Blatt scenario with Cleveland. Uh-uh. David Blatt had at least a year and a half. That was his yeah, second season. True. This is unprecedented, I would say. This guy was signed to a multiple-year deal. Right. And he's They're going to be paying three coaches now, right? I know that's not a first, but Budenholzer, I still uh, believe, is being yeah, paid yeah, by Milwaukee. Sure. Obviously, Griffin now, and then whoever this third guy is, be it yep. Doc Rivers or somebody else. But yeah, I guess the comparison is that the Cavs under Blatt had a good record. Yeah, thirty and eleven at his at his firing, and then well, it worked out for them. Ty Lue sort of in waiting, <laughs> yep. slots in there, sort of blossoms into one of the league's better coaches, and they obviously win the title. So that's what the Bucks are hoping for here. Now, is Doc Rivers to you? <laughs> The answer? I mean, he's got the championship from the Celtics days, but he's also like the king of going out in the second round. Milwaukee legend, though. He's from Marquette, <laughs> yeah, I got that Chicago jersey neighbor. retired uh, by Marquette. Yeah, he's better than Adrian Griffin, uh, and I think that the Bucks have improved their chances going from Griffin to Doc Rivers. Everybody knows about the multiple blown leads. You see the memes going around on Twitter last night. It's a gigantic list of times that Doc has blown leads from two zero to two one to three two, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But he's a good coach, and he's always good in the regular season. He had a top-10 defense with the Sixers last year. They started James Harden and Tyrese Maxey, two guys who are not great defenders. So he's obviously able uh, to build a defense. I think the biggest thing for whoever takes over is going to be getting Giannis to buy in to playing alongside Dame Lillard because they're not making each other better. Everybody talks about why don't we see more and more Lillard and Giannis picking roles. It's because Giannis doesn't want to set screens. He wants to handle the ball. He's been doing it for his entire career ever since Jason Kidd took over, basically. So that's going to be a tricky thing. Dame Willard needs to be running the offense uh, a bit more. It feels like when he's really getting hot, it's just takeover time. Uh, so they got to find a way to have those two working better because even though the offense is top two in the league, they could still be better, I do believe. Mm. That's true. They could be better. Sometimes they are awesome when Giannis has the ball going through his hands for half the game, and then it's Dame time half the game, and they kill teams. And so... I think he just has to make them buy in defensively, too. I mean, that's what it comes down to, just just to get them going a, a little bit. Because they are so good. They've won a championship a mere two and a half years ago. I think that whoever that they, they get in there, whether it's Doc, uh, who got his nickname when he put a Dr. J t-shirt on that we talked about yesterday. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool you put that shirt on. I think he could be the motivator type of guy and just let the team almost coach themselves, you know, to a, to a degree. He just has to be the guy in the offseason to be, you know, get that motor going. The because Adrian, was that playoffs? Uh, playoffs, oh, okay. yeah, excuse me. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, not the offseason. That's the wrong season. Yeah, when it comes to the playoffs, just get this team excited. <laughs> you, if you, like, you, everybody's going to be, like, going nuts because he was second in the East, the Bucks, and they fired him. Uh, 
But were they really the second best team? I think is people are what they're questioning, right? And they don't think they felt that way. You know, obviously the Celtics are there, the Sixers are the Sixers. And, you know, even these other teams like the Cavs and the Knicks, and they couldn't beat the Pacers who had their number. Um, so I'm wondering if they're looking at that going. And it's all about, you're right, it's like they realize, and I'll give them credit, they're like, we have Giannis, we got him to sign the extension. The window's now. The window is absolutely now. So we have to be aggressive in either trades or obviously firing and hirings. Like, you almost have to applaud that because so many organizations wouldn't. They would have waited this out. And you might even say he should have been given a chance, Adrian Griffin, to uh, maybe lose in the playoffs in a first or second round or something like that. But they, they said, no, we're not doing that. We still have half a season left, and we need a better sort of uh, at least organizer, hopefully on the defensive end, to help our chances go in a title. I'm just not sure Doc is the guy, but it's going to be the guy. Because who else is it? Like, it's like Kenny Atkinson, I guess, uh, you know, um, interviewed, interviewed for the job. But he's with the Warriors. And... And then obviously Nick Nurse, but he's with Philly. Uh, and then you're like left going, they want someone accomplished, someone probably that has a championship pedigree, you know, someone that's like been around for a while, has going to have the respect of the players. And there's like the list, it starts to dry up pretty quickly. So is Doc just going to come in here and scoop this? Yeah. <laughs> this guy just continues yeah. <laughs> to fall into gigs. It's incredible. He's a, he's a great campaigner, man. I know. The guy can talk. Yeah. Yeah. Hence I, why he's I, on TV. Yeah, not yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, who's going to take over the NBA Finals? Oh wow! Yeah, guys, literally the lead announcer uh, alongside Doris Burke. Maybe what a JJ con- gets the call up. JJ gets the call up. What a controversy! This is very, very interesting. I wonder how many times he's met with Adrian Griffin because apparently it was when he was a broadcaster mm-hmm. doing the in-season tournament for ESPN. They basically called him over. Oh, you're in Vegas? Yeah, come on over and consult. I wonder how how much he's he's done uh, to this point, or they've just strictly been thinking it for a couple months. But I also wonder if they just trade for another defensive type guard because when they won the championship, it was Brooke, Giannis, and Chris Middleton as your your, your five four three. Their guards have gotten a little bit worse because Holiday is out. But is Middleton that athletic as he was after going undergoing another surgery? I think they they desperately need somebody to take Malik Beasley's spot. Somebody. What are they going to trade though? I mean, they could trade some pick swaps. They could trade, I guess, one of their young guys and. Champ or Andre Jackson. Yeah. They don't have a lot of moves left to make. No, I which think, is why they're probably firing their coach. Like yeah. one of the plays they can do. Yeah, I think they bring in Jake Crowder and to start. He, he has been injured a lot, but he is back. And so I, I think that will you know, that that mouth, that 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 force on the floor. He he's a pretty forceful type of guy. Uh, he'll be out there, I think, right away. Uh one weird little wrinkle from all of this, uh saw people tweeting at us about it. Um if Doc Rivers takes over and the Bucks managed to stay in second place in the Eastern Conference. Doc Rivers could be the coach of the All-Star game. And you're going to be like, what? Hold on, the Celtics are in first. Well, Joe Mazzulla was the coach of the All-Star game last year. You can't be the coach consecutive years. Weird rule the NBA has. you got to give those coaches uh, some time off, those good coaches. So Doc could come in here, in theory, be coaching in Indianapolis for the East. <laughs> I don't think they would allow it. You don't think they would allow it? Nah. So they would just bad. Maybe, who are they going to give it to? Is it say Rick nurse? Carlisle? Hey, you're Nick there. Nurse? Nick Nurse third. Yeah, third. Go yeah. down. Well, that would be my guess. That's weird. It'd be very it. weird. It'd be very weird. There's also a chance, like depending on how the standings hold and the play-in tournament and stuff, that the Bucks could end up playing the Magic, Celtics, Sixers. And Clippers in the playoffs. <laughs> the <laughs> the Doc <Doc-ring>. Gauntlet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that would be amazing, man. Oh, that would be amazing. And if the Bucks 
somehow meet the Sixers in the playoffs. Yeah. The ultimate hilarity. I mean, the, the script writers, you know, yeah. are working overtime right now to make that happen. That's got to happen, especially the especially when we do learn here, like with more conviction that Giannis didn't want Nick Nurse and like he was going to maybe be the coach and he's like, nah, not him, not him. He's always got his guitar. Never stops, you know, fiddling away on that thing. Uh, let's go with Griffin. Yeah. Hopefully we get Sixers bucks for sure. Yeah. I want to see Doc as the head coach. At the All-Star game. I want to see Nurse. And Nurse as his assistant. Just bring in Nurse. And I'm looking for another third hospital name as a coach. And I don't got one at this time. Uh, All right. Steve. The Clifford Doc. No, that's not a good one. Uh, oh, I Clifford see. Doc. You're looking for a third, <laughs> yeah. third hospital-themed coach name, I yeah, guess. Yeah, why, why, why not? Uh, Monty. Maybe a Monty could be some Can weird be the full one. Monty? Yeah. Interesting. All uh, right. Any other thoughts on this? Do you think this reflects poorly on Giannis? Yeah, I think he botched it. I think which it, part? Getting Budenholzer fired or getting Adrian Griffin fired? But both, hand in hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, but Budenholzer should have got fired. But mainly, yeah, honestly, mainly the stuck. Griffin, Ma- mainly the Griffin part. I mean, look, what happened here is all these like first year coaches came in. Ty Lue, like we said, uh, Steve Kerr way back in the day, Nick Nurse taking over for Casey, and they had success. They won championships right away, and everybody started to convince themselves. Oh, yeah, just new guy, fresh voice, bring him in. You can win a title if you have a good team. But it's probably the opposite. Like, Griffin sort of was put in a very difficult position. Again, one he had been trying for for a very long time and got an opportunity. But, like, this is a team with Giannis and the way they're uh, currently constructed and then adding Damian Lillard, it's like, oh, you got to win a title right now. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of pressure. And for, again, like a first-time head coach, that's a lot but yeah, I think I think Giannis, in sort of agreeing to move off of Griffin and go wherever they go, is admitting to, yeah, I, I, you know, sorry, whoops, my bad. Yep, he wasn't the guy because you know the confidence wasn't there, and, it, and as the season went on, it was getting worse. It was getting not worse, better exactly. You gave it half a season, and didn't see like any promise that it would get any better. That part can definitely be ridiculed. Maybe he just didn't know all that well. But as far as Boonholzer goes, they're starting. To, we're starting to see it. You win a championship, you get a couple years after that. Frank Vogel, sort of same thing. Nick Nurse, sort of same thing. And Budenholzer wasn't doing a good job in that five-game series, round one against the Miami Heat. He wasn't giving the ball to the right guys. Middleton was solid and not touching the ball in that last game. Things were just falling apart. And so I can see why they got rid of Budenholzer, for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that plays into what's happening now. Like like you mentioned, maybe it's the Dame Giannis pick and roll, because I am going back to Chris Middleton. The pick and roll, that's what it should have happened in, in game five of that series when Things were just falling apart. They didn't believe in their coach. And maybe Giannis is going back to that. We don't believe in our coach. So again. bring uh, bring Bud back. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to pay a third guy then. That's right. We're already paying you. Yeah. You're back in, man. Yeah. Uh, have a go at it. Uh, good note from John Schumann here in the stream team. David Blatt fired January 2016. Ty Lue was the all-star coach that year. Wow. So they have done it. That's amazing. Excellent, but that's a little different because he's Delicious. on the roster. He's on the he's on the team, and that was his first time. As yeah, head Ty Lue was a, Ty Lue was an assistant, was he not on the cast? He didn't come in. Right, he was already yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good point. So this would be Doctor Smith walking in. Oh. Hello, I am your All Star coach. And he would get to coach Embiid again, like immediately. Uh, we can't get away with it. All right, boy. we'll keep our eye on it. We don't even know if it's Doc, man. I don't know. I thought this I was going to be our first ever emergency podcast for a coach. Mm. I was like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> shocker. That's big. Uh, again, we don't. Like, it's coaching. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, that's true. Okay, uh, let's move to some of the games last night. Uh, speaking of coaches, we had an incident 
uh, between the Blazers and OKC. Uh, the Blazers are filing a protest with the NBA to challenge the result of their 111-109 loss to the Thunder last night. The Blazers are contending that their coach, Chauncey Billups, when they had a 109-108 lead, was clearly calling a timeout on the sidelines before a referee whistled a double dribble on guard Malcolm Brogdon with like 15 seconds to go in the game. He was pissed. He popped off. He got slapped with two technical fouls. He's ejected. And uh, SGA goes to the line, splits the pair of the technical free throws. Tie game. Jalen Williams, J-Dub, hits a tough shot. They win with uh, two seconds to go, puts them up, and uh, they go on to hold on here. So so this is you know this is rare, but we see this from time to time, a team filing a protest. What do you think, uh, Trey, of, of uh, the, what went down there in OKC and, and whether Billups and the Blazers sort of got screwed on this one? I think they did. Um, you know, you can see in the reverse angles Billups coming in and calling a timeout. You can also see that the ref is clearly not looking at him. They're playing in OKC. OKC has the trap, so I'm sure it's very loud there. So I think it's on the refs to kind of, like, know the game situation. Right. There's under 30 seconds left. A trap is happening. Timeouts happen all the time Mm -hmm. there. So they got to be ready for it. Uh, They completely blew it. But I don't think the protest is going to get overturned. No way. No, I don't think so. Malcolm Brogdon also is dribbling the ball up, and the referee is in front of him, but he turns around. He turns his back to the referee and is looking at Chauncey Billups and then double dribbles. And while he's sort of doing that, he is calling timeout to Chauncey Billups, but he should be doing it to the referee. Yeah, yeah. And and that's a problem. And also there is – there's. Digno is sort of in the way of Chauncey Billups. <laughs> Screening. And yeah, so the referee may be not looking there, but Chauncey Billups also wasn't doing it with his hands. He wasn't doing the signal with his hands. He may have been yelling, yeah, timeout, yeah. uh, but he didn't do the signal. So Malcolm Brogdon is looking at the referee. Instead of turning around, he can just say, timeout, man. He can just say that directly to that referee who's right there. Not sure why Brogdon didn't call it. Uh, I mean, he panicked a little bit. He's getting trapped. Yeah, and that's what the referee was looking at. You know, you, he was you, the worry the of the worry of doing this is obviously you're stopping a little bit. You're holding onto the ball, and then you're worried. Oh, here comes the hands jump ball situation. <laughs> yeah, but yeah you that's hold, it. You can hold the ball and say timeout. Well, I know, I know. And he <laughs> was, but he there is a photo of Brogdon or video on from the flip side of him making a little bit of a T while he's got the ball in his hands. But you're right; it doesn't seem like the one official can at least you see, can't it. see it. And or, that's he you wasn't know, doing X-rays. You can't see through his body. They did the whole pool report interview after the game. Crew chief Bill Kennedy said Billups was not granted a timeout because the referee was focused on the play in front of him, making it difficult for him to hear and see Billups' request. I'm with you. I don't believe this one is going to be one of these rare games because it's happened before where we say, nope, reset the timer, and we're playing the final 15 seconds of this game. In fact, we haven't had an an upheld protest in like uh, since December 2007, the old uh, Shaq game, where then Shaq was traded. To the Suns and didn't even play in the it, yeah. uh, in that re uh, what did they play the final fifty two seconds of overtime or some weird thing where nobody scored it was like a complete waste of time <laughs> if I remember correctly anyway point is uh, still sucks and it's a bad look considering this game happened uh, a few hours after the league told us in the Wolves Hornets game from Monday night that they had 10, 10 missed calls in the final two minutes of that game where Cat went for sixty two but they fell apart at the end. They were, like, saying everything was wrong in the final two minutes. So just, like, you know, bad couple, bad stretch here for the officials. Because they missed it. They missed They did miss calls. it. They missed it. And then that game was pretty egregious. Yeah. They, uh, the OKC 
could have won this game even easier because there was two technicals, two referees called technicals against Chauncey Billups. One came from this side, one came from the other I side. I thought the second one was a little quick, if I'm being honest. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I mean, he's like, he's arguing, I'm calling a timeout. Okay, I get the one. And, yeah. then, he, and then it wasn't long after that. I mean, he, he, he kept coming at the officials. Out, unfortunately. But it wasn't chest to chest. Right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he only bumped the first guy. <laughs> I, I kind of felt bad for Bill Kennedy. Like, he's the one who had to explain it all. It's yeah. like, I didn't make any of those calls. Yeah. <laughs> these youngsters yeah. out here couldn't handle the pressure. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, they got two free throws yeah. out of it, and Shea only hit one. Only hit one. And then Jalen Williams, J-Dub, who's been playing awesome, had the ball up top, and it looked like a play for Shea, but he kind of got doubled. So Jalen does his thing, goes to the left, and hits a beauty shot. And he had hit a, one, a big shot prior to that, too. This was a bit of a J-Dub takeover here. Yeah, he does Doing that. the old decoy with SGA, which is, a, is the move. It was cool. But even even him uh, during the post-game interview, he was basically the post-game interview said, you guys were recovered. You guys didn't play all that well. And he's like, yeah. You're right. We should have played better, but that's what we do uh, because they are an oldie. That guy is a second-year player, but he plays like he's an oldie. Uh, he plays awesome. They're awesome. He's first in the NBA in clutch field goal percentage this season. Yeah, I saw it. He's only missed like three times or something like that. Yeah, and he's the number two option. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we've seen Chat Holmgren hit like massive yeah. shots so far, so this is a team that comes through in the clutch quite often. I thought it was great that Jalen Williams was cooking because the Blazers were doing really good on Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah. They were staying down on pump fakes. They were going chest to chest with him. He only maybe uh, didn't take a ton of free throws. I thought it was a good stuff, but, you know, Jalen Williams is also awesome. That's just how it is. Uh, four other games on last night. Do any of you guys have a favorite that you wanted to touch on? I can go through them quickly. You had a Jokic triple-double. Nuggets beat the Pacers. Brunson and Randall, awesome again. Knicks pick up their fourth straight win. They beat the Nets. Kawhi had his second career triple-double. Clippers beat the Lakers. And then McCollum scored a season-high 33 as the Pels destroyed the Jazz, 153-124. Any jump out to you guys? Is 153 the Pelicans franchise record? I think it is. That was a yeah, uh, bomb. Be. That's uh, a lot. Yeah, and I was complaining yesterday about Zion not being the same guy, but Willie Green has that team playing a certain way where everybody is a passer, essentially. And even C.J. McCollum has changed his role from being point guard to more like an off-the-ball shooter. Uh, so they really have done something extremely well there. Obviously, ridiculous amount of uh, field goals, and I think a franchise-high 41 assists as well mm-hmm. on those 60 field goals. So, hello. Um, that is a lot of stuff happening. Um, Nick's Nets was just super fun. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Mikael Bridges is alive again because he did not look like the same player as he did last year after coming from Phoenix over there. I don't know if it was just going to Paris, made him feel good again, made him feel like, oh, yeah, I remember when I played in the World Cup and I was awesome because he's looked so good. His last five, he's averaged 25. He's averaged 26 with the Nets last time. And, uh, and maybe the end, Josh Hart – with that huge block, that save, maybe saying Bruce Brown doesn't need to be a Nick. I can be Bruce Brown. Just keep me around. <laughs> uh, but that was just a fun, fun, fun game. And the Nets look like, uh, since Paris, they look like a, a different team. Any thoughts on either of these four games? Uh, yeah, I was also impressed with Zion. I think he's been passing the ball really well lately. 11 assists last night. He had a nine assist game, I believe, uh, over the weekend. And he's seeing a lot of walls in front of him, and yeah. he's finding guys. So I think that's awesome. And also he caught an alley-oop and hit his head on the backboard. <laughs> yes. oh, that was How ridiculous. did he dunk it left-handed on oh. the left side and how he caught that? That was really cool. And then, like you're saying, uh, the Knicks game was really fun. That sequence with a minute left. Claxton uh, blocks Jalen Brunson at the rim. Dennis Smith Jr. pushes in transition, but Josh Hart flies back, challenges it. Achua taps it off the glass. Then OG Ananobi blocks uh, Cam Johnson. A save by Josh Hart gets it to Julius Randle, who gets it to Jalen Brunson, who gets it back to Julius Randle. 
Knicks up two, and I almost felt myself being a Knicks fan wow. in that moment. That was just a pure effort out there, and connectivity and playing for each other to not give it up um, in that scenario. Bad gamble by OG Ananobi, I thought, on the last shot for Cam Johnson. Uh, I guess he's trying to get a steal on Bridges, but they he doesn't get it. They got a wide, pretty good look for oh, Johnson, yeah. who uh, couldn't knock it down. But I don't know about Mikhail Bridges. He seemed kind of sad in his post-game interview because he did not like hearing, let's go Knicks, let's go Knicks in mm, the Barclays yeah. Center. Yeah. He's got all his Villanova guys mm-hmm. over there, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he had a good game, but you're right. I think he was a little down in the dumps. Also, we're going to find out the All-Star starters tomorrow night uh, on TNT's pregame show. I don't know if he's going to be there. I don't think he is. But Jalen Brunson, man, holy shit, this guy should be starting the All-Star game. He should be there alongside probably Halliburton. I know Mitchell's been awesome too. Brunson is on a heater right now, man. 30 points last night. Before that, 38. Before that, 41. Before that, 30. Then there was two games he didn't play. The Knicks lost one of them to the Magic. He had 30 before that. He had one bad game in this last 10-game stretch, let's call it. He had a 12-point game. It was in a huge victory over the Blazers, though. And then he had 33, 29, and 31. One of those games he had 13 assists. He is on fire. And it feels like every Knicks game, you see the box score, it's like Randall 30, Brunson 30. Every game it feels like this, uh, and which is why they're racking up all these victories. So he sh- he sh- I mean, he's going to be there. I don't think he'll be starting, but he's going to be uh, obviously selected. And Jamal Murray's making a late all-star push to be selected by the coaches, too. <laughs> Good timing. In 2024, he's averaging 25-7-4. and four. He had 31 last night. Jamal shooting nearly 50% from the floor over that stretch in January. And Denver's 8-3. and three. Denver is now basically tied atop the Western Conference standings. He might be helping his chances, Jamal, to get that first selection. Because, you know, if they're the best team... In the West, record-wise, when the coaches select this next week, they might pick two. He might they might pick him with the way he's been playing. I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of great guards, but he might he might be timing this perfectly uh, to maybe get selected. So those yeah, are my thoughts true. on last night. Yeah, being that Oklahoma City is guaranteed just one, maybe not a second. Minnesota Timberwolves. me probably two, but not necessarily. And the fact right. that Denver is tied with those two teams. Could yeah help them that yeah, yeah you know Jamal Murray was just the best guard on a championship team right so, right yeah we've all that about, we've talked about that before we'll see I kind of think the team most likely to get two All Stars in the Western Conference is the Los Angeles Clippers. Pro, what do you think Kawhi and Paul yeah. George? Yeah, I mean you're right. Paul George is balling yeah. this year. He did not star for the Clippers last night. Just 17 points. Kawhi Leonard 25, 11 rebounds and 10 assists. James Harden also 23 points and 10 assists. Obviously the Clippers are rolling and continue to roll right now, and it's hard to choose. Between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they've both been so good. Yeah. But the two guys I was most impressed with last night, Amir Coffey. This guy doesn't always stay in the rotation for the Clippers, but every time they play him, he's awesome. Nine points last night, hit three threes. And then Norm Powell had 17 points off the bench. He made a three, a couple of assists. I think he's actually the most underrated player in the league. Never gets brought up for anything. They needed a lot more offense from him last year. He scored 20 a game. Mm -hmm. Great efficiency. Now that they've got more talent and more health this season... The numbers have gone down, but he is an absolute bucket and just a weapon for the Clippers off the bench. There is no drop-off when he comes in. Yeah, it's sort of wild when you look at all the teams in the West and you go, well, a lot of these teams could, in theory, have two All-Stars. OKC, it's probably just SGA. It's a little too early, I think, for for Chet Holmgren or even J-Dub. The Wolves, of course, uh, you know, with one of their bigs, be it Cat and then Anthony Edwards. The Nuggets, we said Jokic and Murray. The Clippers, you said Kawhi and Paul George. The Pelicans, I mean, will Zion and or Brandon Ingram get selected? Both, maybe. Probably not both, but the Suns, obviously, with their big guys in Katie and Booker. 
the Kings with Sabonis and Fox, the Mavs, you know, Kyrie missed a good chunk of time. I don't think he'll be selective, but obviously Luka will be a starter. The Lakers with LeBron and AD, <laughs> like you just keep going. Maybe yeah. you stop there, and then you get to the Warriors, obviously, with uh, with Curry. But, yeah, we'll find out. The starters tomorrow night, reserves next week. What do we do? Have a third team. We should have a third team of Ooh, All-Stars. There's, there's lots of third team. And because there are guys that aren't talked about in the league that are close to being stars. We should create a team here. Norm Powell. Okay, he's not an all-star. Oh boy, but CJ, <laughs> CJ McCollum has been dying yeah, to yes. make an all-star game. Sure, sure. He ain't there. He's shooting nearly 45% from three, a career high. That's a good stat. Yeah. Anyways, the guys who aren't talked about in the NBA, McCollum, Norm Powell, and Luke Cornett. No, he's talked about. <laughs> uh, but there's got to be a list. There's got to be a good third team. So you want a third team of what about this guy? <laughs> and they come in. They're going to play All-Star. hard. They're going to play hard. <laughs> we weren't named to the first two. We're going to kick ass. <laughs> we, want, we want people to play hard in the All-Star game, maybe. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, lots of other NBA news, and it's NBA Rivals Week. We're going through the top five games to watch for this week. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, lots more NBA news to get to here. Uh, Yesterday, the Hornets made a major move in sending starting guard Terry Rozier to the Miami Heat, and Mitch Kupchak, uh, their GM, says there's a good chance they aren't done wheeling and dealing here. The Hornets received a protected 2027 first-round pick from the Heat and Kyle Lowry, who they are hoping to move before the deadline, in exchange for Rozier, who's having a career-best year. 23 points per game, 46% shooting. He's played really, really well. Uh, TK, you weren't here. We reacted to it while it was happening uh, on yesterday's podcast. Do you have thoughts on the Rosier headed to Miami deal with Lowry going back to the Hornets? I like it. I like it both ways. Uh, from the Heat side of things, Kyle Lowry's production had fallen off, and they couldn't really justify at this point with a contending team using a $30 million salary slot on him with the way he's playing right now. They also, at the same time, have found out that their current set of assets wasn't good enough, really, to get stars, right? Like, they tried for Damian Lillard. They said, no, thank you. We don't want your Tyler Hero. <laughs> Unless you're going to give us Jaime Hawkes. And they can't trade that guy. Yeah. they got to keep Hawkes right now. So they realize the situation. We're not able to outbid people for stars right now. If some come available, look at teams like the Thunder and the Jazz. They have so many picks that they could easily outbid the Heat. So the Heat figured out a pretty smart way to use a first-round pick, and only one first-round pick. Uh, If you're the Hornets, the chances of it actually being a great one, pretty poor. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) at least you're getting a pick uh, for a guy who you probably don't need to pay at this point. Uh, So I'm excited to see what Terry Rozier can do uh, with the Heat, playing in some actual big playoff games. He's kind of been lost there in Charlotte. Four and a half seasons of scraping into the play-in tournament every now and then, but the guy has hit some big shots uh, during his time in Charlotte. He's become uh, 
a realistic clutch option for that team. And now he's going to have much less responsibility. I think it'll be interesting to see how Eric Spolster uses him. Because Terry Rozier is pretty good with the ball. And Tyler Hero is pretty good playing off the ball. Tyler Hero also pretty good with the ball. So I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but they got some more playmaking. They got some more shooting and they just got a little bit more depth for a guy in Lowry who seems on his way out uh, and just wasn't working well with the heat. So let's get it done right now. On to the next one. So I think smart stuff for both sides. I love Terry. I can't wait to watch him with a good team. And we look back at the Miami Heat last year when they went to the championship. They had a point guard who could shoot at all times. Uh, and it was Gabe Vincent a lot of the time. Just get in there and, and fire away, especially above the break three. And Terry Rozier was really good at those, nearly 40% above the break three. So, yeah, he could start. I thought he would be coming off the bench. All the Heat fans were mad at me yeah. yesterday. I get it. Uh, because they need an improvement at point guard. And maybe he does replace Gabe Vincent. But Tyler Hero is definitely starting beside him if he's starting. And that's a smaller backcourt. There's no doubt. Um, and are they going to be good enough defensively? We'll see what Terry can do. Uh, but I think even, even if he does come off the bench, that he can finish games. And Mitch Kupchak, he's working it. You know, unprotected. Uh, it's protected in 2027, but then it becomes unprotected in 2028. So he's just hoping that the Heat get bad after <laughs> that good year. So TBD, we'll see. But it is an improvement. I guess they couldn't get a star, star player. That, that, that appears to be the case because... They're just going after it here two uh, two weeks before the trade deadline, especially because their offense just been poop. Yeah, that's the Heat's biggest problem was creating offense. They were, I think they're ranked 20th in the league. They weren't really much better. They may have been worse last year after that surprising finals run, but they just struggled to score sort of at the rim and in the mid-range game in Rozier. Like, the jumper's money this year. Uh, mm-hmm. He struggles from corner threes, but you're right, Tass, above the breaks, been really good, been quite lethal there, so... Makes sense to add a guy like this for not a lot, especially I went through Lowry's numbers and the, like the the stretch, the cold stretch he was on recently. He just couldn't score. Um, so they get Terry Rozier to come in here, whether he starts, whether he finishes games, whatever it is, he's going to get a chance here. And I'm sort of excited to see him uh, playing for Eric Sprolster on a team like that. They're actually playing for victories. Like yeah. I, when you said four and a half years he'd been in Charlotte, I'm like, holy crap. That's a long time down there. <laughs> They're in Charlotte on a, obviously yeah. a bad team or a very average team at best. And and from the Hornets side of things, yeah, you do this. I mean, it's a, it's going to be a fire sale here with this team, right? Like every everybody's going to be available. Cupcheck basically said that outside of Lamelo, outside of Brandon Miller, I think you could go get anyone. You can make it. I mean, Gordon Hayward, of course. Get you a Gord. Maybe a PJ Washington. You know, they've got some bigs that might. You know, maybe Mark Williams is untouchable too. I'm not sure, but a lot of guys. I think you call up Mitch Cupcheck. You've got picks. You got young prospects. You could probably make a deal if you want one of their guys. Mm. Yeah, I was excited to see Terry Rozier with the Boston Celtics. His first four years, he was there until he was traded for Kemba Walker. I thought he was going to be their guy. He probably thought that, but he hasn't played a good team in a, for a good team in a long right. time. Uh, this was weird news. The NBA suspended Cavaliers center Tristan Thompson on Tuesday for 25 games without pay for violating the NBA and the NBA Players Association's anti-drug program. Thompson's suspension will begin tonight. He will be eligible to return, in theory, in uh, late March or mid-March. Thompson tested positive for Ibutamorin and SARM LGD-4033, according to the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, these are 
basically increase the levels of HGH in the body. Popular among bodybuilders. Build the hormones. I guess that's what we saw in Paris when he bumped Nick Claxton. (laughs) So he's yeah, little little steroid rage here, right? Maybe. Anyway, these are considered banned substances because they have shown potential in increasing muscle mass, reducing recovery times, improving overall athletic performance, all of which are considered unnatural competitive advantages. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any thoughts on this? Tristan Thompson being, uh, you know, Dinged here, 25 games, substantial amount. It's a long time. Yeah. I did a little research on the drugs, and I went back to the bump to check the bump. I think he was drug tested after he bumped Nick Laxton in Paris (laughs) because he was using that chest. He's always been a strong guy, but I guess he's been building up uh, the hormones. That's a shame. I I don't have anything to say about that. How old do you think Tristan Thompson is, by the way? 31. No, he's older than that. Oh. See, see, okay, you went the other way. Trey and I, before you got in here, we were like, in in our heads, we were thinking he was like 36, 37, you know? He's only 33. Mm. He's a lot younger than I thought. <laughs> been, I got, he he came out a, after one year in college. I know, I think, he's right? been yeah. in our lives forever. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut uh, No, that's okay. I just wonder what happens with this Cleveland Cavaliers team and their roster when... Evan Mobley gets healthy because they've been so, so good at spreading the ball out and the three-point shots. I just wonder if Evan Mobley now with Tristan Thompson out is basically going to be told, come off the bench and be our backup center to start games. Or you might finish games. But uh, because the guy who's replaced him, Dean Wade, is creating a little bit more space out there. And I wonder if this is just kind of a blessing in that they don't have a backup center just because Evan Mobley doesn't shoot the three all that much. Oh, interesting. Um, and, and so he'll play a bunch. Uh, that's clear. But they need a backup center, uh, and now they don't have one. And that's what he was playing. Tristan Thompson was playing. I think that might surprise people. That you know, he, like recently, he's, he's playing, actually been solid. I know he's playing like 15, 20 yeah, minutes a he's game. Been pretty like, solid. Doing Tristan Thompson like things, <laughs> bumping guys. You know, scoring. You know, a little bit. Uh, the percentages are good because it's all around sort of the rim. Um, you're right. They, they dare I say they might miss him here. Maybe. He's better than Damian Jones, I think. Right. Oh, that guy's not playing. I think it's yeah, I think there's a chance they tell Evan Mobley. He's still two to four out. weeks away though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For now, Damian Jones may play. I mean, I they're gonna start Mobley. Maybe he'll come off the bench when he returns, but the guy's part of their future. They're gonna definitely start him. He is. Uh at some point. I just wonder. Yeah, I just wonder how the offense goes. He could finish games. Anyways, uh they have to figure out an offense with Evan Mobley. Like, is that three point shooting still gonna happen uh, because it helps out Donovan Mitchell just stroll to the rim mm-hmm. when you've got mm-hmm. Dean Wade, Max Struess, whether it be Merrill or whoever yeah, just standing just, out there spread and the floor and, yeah, yeah, I mean, and make it happen. It's not. It's pretty reminiscent to uh, uh, obviously the Utah Jazz with Mitchell and Gobert as the one key center. Like That's the Jared Allen role and then spread it out a little bit, let him operate. But yeah. it gets a little more clogged when Mobley is in there because he doesn't stretch the floor like that. But I'm with TK. I mean, he's a part of their future. He's a good player, great defensive player he's too. Very, very, he really very needs player. to add, a, obviously, a three-point shot if he can that you have to at least respect, let's say. And the Cavs were kind of in struggle mode when it was just Mobley healthy and Allen wasn't healthy and Mobley was the guy holding it down at center because he's you know, still a slight guy. Yeah. Uh, and Jared Allen is like a natural center, so... Long term, the Cavs need to figure out how Mobley and Allen actually fit together. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they figure things in the meantime because they've hit on something in the spread pick and roll Chuck Threes era. Yeah. All right, next piece of news here LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid highlight the 41 player pool that USA Basketball will select from when finalizing its 12 man roster 
for this summer's Olympics in Paris. Uh, the organization announced this uh, yesterday. I'm not going to read all the names there for you. Uh, we're showing them to you on YouTube. Shout out to the score for this uh, handy little graphic. All of these names to try and defeat Dylan Brooks. Wow, so sad. But uh, what a list. Stacked list here. and uh, They got David Robinson back. That's amazing, <laughs> yeah, no, man. No, no, that's Duncan, my friend. Oh, okay. That's Duncan okay. Robinson. <laughs> and actually, that's Seth Curry, not Steph Curry. Um, yeah, it is weird when you see names like this with the initial in their yeah, last name. It caught me by surprise. But, Justin uh, Holiday. <laughs> they had a lot of names to put on one graphic. So, yeah, Team USA coming off a disappointing fourth-place finish at last year's FIBA World Cup. According to Joe Varden and Shams, six U.S. stars are basically locks. So if you're looking at this list of 41, they say the six, if they're healthy and still committed, you got LeBron, KD, Steph, Embiid, Jason Tatum, and Devin Booker. Again, that's Joe Varden, who's like all over the, the Team USA, and uh, and Shaw, I'm saying those six are probably locks, and then I guess the, the rest of the six are uh, will be selected at a later date. But your thoughts, Mr. American, on your 41-player pool? Any Any surprises or, you know, missing names or whatever you got? I was a little surprised. No Draymond Green, if I'm being honest. You know, Steve Kerr's the coach. <laughs> uh, and he was there for the last gold medal. But obviously, Draymond is not at his peak as a basketball player. And it, that's without the off-court issues as well, which are actually on-court issues sometimes. So I was surprised by that. Happy to see Alex Caruso make the list. Uh, Trey Young, I thought, was a interesting inclusion since he's had a little bit of drama and beef with Team USA yeah. over the years. But looking at this pool, it's... Seeming like another undefeated gold medal for the United States in the Olympics here. (laughs) It's a heck of a list uh, when you boil it down, especially Joel Embiid claiming he wants to play for the U.S. team. He hasn't done that before. He could have played for the French team as well, but he said he wants to play for the American team. And that's where my concern is. The bigs, that was a problem last year in the World Cup. But if you have Joel Embiid, uh, well, that changes things. And (laughs) And then you go down the list. These were all the debated names. Who's going to be the five? It's Anthony Davis is is on there as well. Bam is on there yeah. as well. So yes, this looks like a quite established team. And it includes the 12 players that were on the World Cup roster mm-hmm. a mere few months ago. But how many make the team? Just a just a couple maybe. I think Mikel Bridges will be there. Oh, maybe Anthony Edwards possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Anyways, it's Paolo, a stacked team. Possibly, but you're Edwards right. and Halliburton. Yeah. Oh, Halliburton, yeah, good one. Um, yeah. I think the, the most surprising name not on the list, I guess, and it's a long list, so it's just surprising that Tyrese Maxey isn't included. <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one. This is like one of the up-and-coming guards, uh, American guards in the league. So that was a little bit surprising. But, I mean, I think there's no shortage of talent, obviously. And Steph has never played in the Olympics. There is that whole part. So, I mean, I actually hope we see that, right? You know, LeBron's been there. KD's been there. Those guys are staples. But uh, no Curry ever in Olympics, which is a little weird. So hopefully he's on the team. Not a bad team you got to uh, pick there. Uh, in addition, by the way, to announcing the player pool, USA Basketball said they are going to host Team Canada in an exhibition game on July 10th in Las Vegas. When's Summer League? I can never keep track of this stuff. It's it got to be close. July. Yeah, yeah, Team USA minicamp is usually like two weeks after. After it's two. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick little, around, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stick around Dead in company Vegas. might be at the Sphere, so we'll just <laughs> hang out there the whole time. Well, okay. it, it could be in the heart of it. It could be in the heart of uh, Summer that would League. Be smart. It's, it's July 10th, I think. So it, I think that would. Okay. That's what the calendar yeah, usually Trey's, says. Trey's right. It's usually post-Summer League, the Team USA 
practices and scrimmages and stuff like that. But yeah. this one does feel it's early. earlier in the schedule. It feels like it just hmm. runs right Be through awesome. the first week of Summer League. Um, NBA Rivals Week returned last night, guys. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> and I know what you're wondering. What the hell is that? It's a dedicated week in January to classic and budding rivalries featuring 11 nationally televised games. So some of these rivalries are pitting teams versus teams, but some are players versus players. Some are geographic-based, like some of the games last night. Uh, you know, we had the Knicks beating the Nets. We had the Clippers beating the Lakers. But lots of games left, so let's count down the top five NBA Rivals Week games left on the schedule. J.D. Top five, top five, top five. I love this from the top NBA. Five, hey, we need another week. Let's go NBA Rivals Week. Rivals Week. All right, let's try it. But we got some good games here this week. Uh, so at number five on the list... This is a player versus player rivalry. Thunder at Spurs tonight, 9.30 ESPN. OKC's Chet Holmgren versus San Antonio's Victor Weminyama. Battle for a rookie of the year. Um, if you remember the first game, meh, fell a little flat, right? Chet had 9.7 boards, 3 of 10 shooting. Wemby had 8 points, 14 boards, 4 of 15 shooting. Neither one of those guys had standout performances, but this was a while ago now. These guys have had half of an NBA season. Uh, to obviously acclimatize to the NBA a little bit more. I mean, so these guys are putting up some monster lines here recently. Wemby's, you know, getting a little unleashed here finally from Pop. Um, so I'm guessing around uh, this time around it's going to be a, a much more entertaining game from our two stars there, two big stars, I should say, in the Rookie of the Year race. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> That's tonight. It's going to be. Nice. It's going to be? Yeah. It's NBA Rivals Week. That's right, baby. <laughs> I just like the saying Spurs, that. man, the Spurs aren't very good. I know. And the Thunder are quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's the problem for me. Uh, is that the Thunder are much better here, but I am excited for Wet versus Chemby Part 2. <laughs> Wet versus Chemby, that's right. And uh, Thunder played uh, last night. Yeah, exactly right. So, exactly you know, right. Well, Might be seeing Jalen with an I, Williams, tonight. That's right. Uh, okay, number four on the list, NBA Rivals Week. Suns at Mavericks. Also tonight, ABC, baby. Yeah. So you can trace this rivalry back to the 2022 playoffs when the Mavericks dismantled the top-seeded Suns uh, in the second round there in shocking fashion in that huge blow-up victory. Uh, Every meeting, though, that's followed since then, there's been some tension in these games, right? Uh, Including Christmas Day when Luka carried the Mavs to the victory. 50 points, 15 assists, 4 steals, and 3 blocks. That's what Luca put up on Christmas. Um, now, that one had no Kyrie. That one had no Beal. I believe all five marquee players are good to go tonight in this game. So that's exciting. And, you know, I know there's some mutual respect, too, between Luca and Booker. But, you know, there's also some great on-court hate. Oh, yeah. So this is, a, this is like a recent rivalry in the NBA, and I, uh, it's smart for them to include it. And it's on national TV, being that both teams... Most definitely were scheduled to not have a game the night before. They should be fresh. Ooh, fresh, yeah. fresh, fresh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number three, I'm going over to the East. Give me Heat at Knicks. Yeah. Give me Jeff Van Gundy. Give me Pat Riley. Uh, Saturday, guys, at 3 p.m. Eastern on ABC. No football on Saturday this weekend. That means there's a whole <laughs> bunch of NBA games on ABC. But... You know, this is this is a, a good matchup because these two teams are good in the East. Obviously, they got some history dating way back. We got Scary Terry joining Heat culture here. There's that. I imagine he'll be playing for them. Both teams fighting for the same space, sort of in the Eastern Conference. You know, they they want a top four berth uh, and have home court advantage. Knicks won the first clash on November 24th, 100 to 98. Now I will say, 38 of those points that they got in that game 
they go. You know, they had a good game from uh, quickly, good game from uh, Barrett in that one, but OG is in there now. And uh, anytime these two teams play, they play close games. That last one, fourth time in five meetings where the margin was two points. <laughs> so they generally give us good games. So Heat Knicks, Saturday on ABC. What a rivalry. That's right. You gave me those those numbers. Damn, damn right. We're getting one on Saturday at three o'clock. This is when the afternoon games begin. Yeah. NFL, get out of here. Uh, I'm sticking with the Heat for the number two slot on NBA Rivals Week Thursday night. TNT. So after we learn of the All Star starters, we got Celtics at Heat. Okay, this one's a no brainer. These two teams have met in the East Finals three times in four years. And now, again, we got the Scary Terry addition uh, here. Maybe he's a go on Thursday night there, playing against his old team in the Celtics uh, as part of the Miami Heat. But uh, I, I had forgotten even last year that the Celtics were down 0-3 <laughs> and then stormed back to give us a Game 7, which they ultimately lost. But we see these two teams play each other a lot. Fun matchups uh, across the board in terms of individual one-on-one battles. So Celtics Heat. TK, you're going to be tuning in on that on Thursday night? I will certainly be tuning in, and I hope Jimmy Butler plays, you know, even if he's in the not in the injury report. It's always a question mark with him, and he hasn't been playing incredibly well uh, lately, so I think they're going to need a big game from him because, you know, Tatum and Brown are likely going to show up yep. uh, because they've been great all season long. Uh, I saw Heat fan, or um, I saw Celtics fans. They were saying, we weren't worried when the Bucks traded for Damian Lillard. Hmm. But when the Heat traded for Terry Rozier, Ooh. it put a fear in our hearts. Oh, boy. So this will be <laughs> interesting to see. Hopefully Terry plays as well. Yeah, we got a little <laughs> test here yeah. there on Thursday night. But the number one game for NBA Rivals Week, on my list at least, it's 76ers at Nuggets, baby. Saturday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. So if the last meeting between these two teams is any indication of what to expect for round two, then this might be the best matchup, I think, of the week because uh, we got the two guys that win all the MVPs, you know, the last three at least, in Jokic and Embiid. We could have one of those guys winning another one this year. Embiid got the better of Jokic the last meeting. He had 41 points, 10 assists in the Philly win. Now Jokic had 25 and 19. But the whole thing here is Embiid hasn't played in Denver in each of the last three years. Due to injuries, a lot of the time. Uh, but right now, no reason for this guy to be sitting. Come sa- uh, Saturday at 5:30 in a in a nationally televised game, and we get Embiid in Denver taking on Jokic. And hell, didn't Embiid say after the last game, "I'll see you in two weeks"? I think he said. <laughs> so this isn't a number one. This is a player versus player player type of rivalry. But excited for this one. There's some good games here. I like this. Neither team on a back-to-back. Nuggets and Sixers. Way to go, schedule Excellent makers. stuff. Yeah. Schedule so, makers. Shout out so to the schedule. Hopefully those two giants are playing. Okay, so there it is. There's my top five. Just uh, wanted to show a little love to NBA Rivals Week because <laughs> nobody else knew what was going on. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's wrap this up with Tweet of the Night. Mmm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the Night. Uh, you're going to need your eyeballs for this one, podcast listeners, so come check us out on YouTube. It's simply a picture of Tyrese Halliburton at last night's Pacers game. Uh, A-A-S-I-N-I-T-A-L-L on Twitter. Hilarious fit, they say, about Tyrese Halliburton. And he's wearing... A big puffy vest and a newsboy hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, some Humpty Hump glasses. <laughs> <laughs> some of my favorite comments from this last night. Uh, this had over 3,000 quote tweets. Oh my God. I think, uh, extra, extra, read all about an ass fit. <laughs> Jasmine Watkins said, it's like he simultaneously operates a trolley and sells newspapers in the 1940s. <laughs> Somebody just posted uh, the cover of Frog and Toad. <laughs> and I like the one that said, this is Dave Chappelle introducing the musical guest after a Chappelle show episode. <laughs> that guy loved a wild hat, man. <laughs> We've seen Tyrese in this hat before. Yeah, we? oh yeah, he yeah. likes this hat. Yeah, the Peaky Blinders the hat. The Peaky Blinders hat. <laughs> well, what did you think uh, of uh, Halliburton's fit? Was this a garbage fit? Is there something to it? It's not for me. <laughs> not for me. Uh, but he does seem to have that style. Yeah. Like he, he likes that old-timey look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> old-timey Tyrese. I love the hat. He's an inspiration. I'm going hat shopping. I may purchase that. Wow. I just, I just need I'm a new hat. To, I'm trying to picture you in it, and I can see it. I just need a new hat. And I, is, there's something about it. It's sort of in between a ball cap and uh, a huge cowboy hat or top hat. There's just a, there's just a, a middle ground. I don't know. It is a weird hat. It it has too much beak. I think it looks almost like too yeah. much beak. It's not. It's not small enough. The beak, tweet, the beak is just too big. There was a tweet going around, uh, like maybe a week or so ago. Somebody just randomly tweeted, "I'm going to design a hat that changes the world." <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was that hat. <laughs> wow, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm trying to think of like, could we put together a fun top five of NBA guys to wear the Peaky Blinders hat? Because I know Jokic uh, oh, yeah, shows Jokic up to games in, okay. in a similar style, but I'm, I'm that's all I can think of. <laughs> Tyrese yeah. and him, and then our friend Ken. Ken. <laughs> One. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One. Yeah, he's uh, the only other person I know to wear it. Samuel Jackson backwards, usually. Um, I feel like maybe, maybe we could find one from Dwayne Wade, like during the everybody dresses like a nerd era. Mm. Yeah, remember that? Like fake glasses, yeah, probably. Band-aids on his face. Yeah. All right. Let's uh the one back there. Yeah, let's and Mello, of course, it wears weird hats, so he yeah, probably has gotta one. Yeah, yeah, he's gotta have a pick of him in one yeah. of those. Let's yeah. get uh yeah, let's crowdsource that and we got some fun uh, short content there for a guy Jerome maybe to put together. All right. Fun tweet of the night, Tyrese Halliburton in that fit. Okay, that's it for us here today. Again, if you would like to send kids to a college park skyhawks game a g league game uh, there's a link in the show notes we really appreciate it if you do and you donate some money to a good cause like that again this is a really fun experience for kids that can't normally get out to an nba game or a professional game and it's a really fun environment so thanks to everybody that uh considers doing that or goes through with that we'll be calling that game on monday can't wait but we'll be back here tomorrow thursday breaking down tonight's games and the nba news so we'll see you then till then clipper bros
You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, if you're watching this on Wednesday, great game tonight. Cavaliers and the Bucks. They just lost to the uh, Cavs by 40 points, yes. the Bucks did. Now they yes. just fired a coach. It's going to be tough for the Bucks to be running around those three-point shooters. It might be a little controversy. Sounds like it's NBA Rivals Week. <laughs> Live every week like it's NBA <laughs> Rivals Week, guys. Brace the day, people. <laughs>